Welcome back, folks. After a week off, Review and Preview returns here on YouTube and Facebook. Appreciate all of our support. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside two awesome guests this evening, one of our very own members in Noah Dog Dibler. Noah, welcome back to the show. And Jason Edmondson, back from week one. Uh, Jason, Noah, how are you guys doing tonight? Living the dream and dreaming to live, man. I'm, I'm doing all right. How about you? Blessed to be here, man. Every time. Absolutely. Doing great. Um, well, Jason and I's Giants are one and two. Noah's Atlanta Falcons are two and one. So with that being said, folks, let's get into some weekly recap here as we plug our social media quickly where you can follow us at review and preview. Um, so first and foremost, I mean, the four major things that caught your eye week one. I mean, I guess I'll start with one of mine here, the, the Dolphins obviously putting up a 70 piece on the Denver Broncos. Um, no team should give up 70 points at the NFL level in a game. Uh, the players clearly quit for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. This is very, very concerning to start Payton's tenure, a former Super Bowl winning coach going 0-3 out. Um, in mile high, and quite frankly, it was a disgusting performance. Tua Tagovailoa threw four touchdown passes, and Devin, Noah, you would know, a Sean or a Shane? I say a Shane, man. Yeah. Yeah. Shane? Yeah. Good old uh, Texas A&M yeah. boy. I mean, I, how do you explain that performance, right? Because they have Mostert, who had three rushing touchdowns, but – Shane had four total touchdowns as well in 200 yards. Dude was like running all over the place. I mean, uh, no, we'll start with you here. Overall, I thought that the Dolphins clearly through three weeks looked like the best team in the, in the AFC, just the dominant performance they had against the Broncos on Sunday. And that kid Mm -hmm. went off. He's such an underrated running back. Yeah, I mean, it was insane. Uh, not just A-Chain, I mean, four touchdowns, but Rhea Mosto, like you said, I think he also had four total touchdowns. It, it was like the first time ever that two two teammates in the same game have had that many touchdowns or something. It, it was ridiculous. And, look, I will say this. Uh, I do respect uh, Mike McDaniel's decision not to go for the record. Uh, I wouldn't say I'd necessarily fault him if he did, but, uh, I mean, you're up 50 points. Like, you know, it's just at that point, you're just kind of <laughs> rubbing salt in the wound, I guess. But to what, uh, look um, – wasn't always a big believer of Tua the past few years, but I, you know I got to give him credit. I think the last fifteen months or so, I think he's been really, really good. Unfortunately, he had the you know the concussion problems last year, but I think he's off to a good start this year. Running backs are doing good, like we mentioned. Tari Kill and, and Jalen Waddle are obviously monsters. The only question I would really have with the Dolphins, I want to see some more from the defense, and I think we're going to see a big test for them this weekend. I think, you know, they've looked good again, you know, the past two weeks. But, I mean, you're playing the Patriots and the Broncos, who, uh, well, I do think Russell Wilson has definitely taken some steps forward this year. Neither of those teams are what you call offensive powerhouses. And when did, they did play the Chargers in week one, uh, that was just an all-out shootout, barn burning type of game. So, I do want to keep an eye on that. But offensively, I mean, get in line. Like, they just have weapons all across the board. Tua uh, looks confident. But on the other side, for Denver, I just it just looked like the players gave up after a while. It seemed like after the first three touchdowns, they just kind of mailed it in. And I don't know if that's a player issue. Don't know if that's a coaching issue. 
I mean, Sean Payton's obviously, you know, very experienced, respected head coach in this league, Super Bowl champion. This isn't some nobody coaching this team, but you know, I, I just have no idea what's going on there. It was like it was like men against boys, which, you know, for a Broncos team that, you know, some people thought my dad should be pretty decent with Sean Payton coming in. Their offense, I think, has gotten better, but their defense is what you usually expect Denver to have strong, you know, a, a strength in they just can't stop anybody. I don't know what the heck's going on there. It seems like, you know, it's it's Patrick Sertain and then the 10 Stooges out there. Jason, what about you? Um, He basically hit every, uh, every point on the nose. I mean, that was like, I know what it's like to, to be losing by that much. Well, actually, I don't. I know what it's like to be losing by a decent amount, like, I've I've lost the game thirty five nothing to the point where my coach physically saw there was no effort being shown and he said, All right, we're just gonna call it. To let to let them stay on the field, like at least at that point, I'm like, if you're down fifty, why you still got your star players out there? That's what I'm thinking. You still got Sertain out there getting cooked by Robbie Chosen, like come on. <laughs> yep. That was definitely an interesting uh uh, game for Denver. By by the way, Mike McDaniel, former Denver Broncos ball boy back in the day, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, um, Jason, anything else catch your eye in week three? Any other games that you thought really stood out? Any potential game of the week honorees out there? Yeah. Uh, how about Josh Dobbs against that Cowboys defense? That was like I was not expecting that at all. You had um, Michael Parsons was on was on his podcast like the week prior, gassing it up, trying to like put fear into him. And like Josh Dobbs, he just roasted the occasion and he he put them away. That was I was not expecting that. I definitely agree. Connor ran well, too. And the fact that it was against Dallas was very, very surprising. I know Cowboys have some injuries going on. But, uh, Noah, what about you, old boy? What uh, what else caught your eye, man? Anything in particular? I know the NFC South had a lot of drama go down this week. Yeah, well, you know, I, I am a big Falcons fan, so I do have to, you know, troll the Saints when I do get the rare opportunity. And, you know, up 17 nothing, it looked like they were uh, going to 3-0, to and but then – Jordan Love had other plans. They scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. That the Saints did get a chance for the uh, a game-winning field goal as time expired, and or with less than a minute in the game, I don't remember exactly. But uh, yeah, Groupie missed that, and, and then they lost the game. And um, look, credit to Jordan Love. I you know I've actually been uh, pretty impressed with what I've seen from him so far. Um, would like to see him maybe improve his accuracy a little bit. He's completing around 53% of his passes, I think. But, you know, for a guy, it's his first year as, you know, the, the man pretty much, you know, full-time starter. I think he's shown potential, um, you know, good touchdown production, you know, little bit of mobility. Obviously, you know, he's not a guy that you think of that's going to rush it 15 times a game or whatever, but he does have, you know, that ability in him. Uh, the Packers, still not sure what to think of them. The Saints, I still think they're probably the best team in the South, but um, look, my team got steamrolled, you know, Sunday. So it was nice to see, you know, the, the Saints and Bucks lose as well. Oh, absolutely. I also think, too, um, the Colts upsetting the Ravens was definitely interesting without Anthony Richardson at quarterback. I think the Colts heavily relied on their run game. Zach Moss, 122 yards on 30 carries. That might seem like a lot of yards, but 30 carries is a lot. 
to get 122 yards. Um, Gardner Binshu, who is quiet most of the game, really rose to the occasion in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter and overtime. Rookie receiver Josh Downs had eight receptions, and the Colts defense had four sacks to – you guys think Baltimore is in trouble? Obviously, we know they're dealing with a lot of injury issues, uh, particularly at the running back position, despite <clears throat> J.K. Dobbins being out for the season. All three of their top running backs are currently injured right now. That includes Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. So it is definitely concerning going into week four because, quite frankly, Lamar might have to play quarterback and running back for this team. So. Mm-hmm. It is definitely concerning going into a divisional game against the Cleveland Browns. And you have all these good young receivers, but the offensive line isn't great. They have issues. Linderbaum has not been healthy. And all these running backs getting hurt. It just seems like a revolving door in Baltimore every year with the injury curse. I don't know if they're in trouble, but I think it's really hard to get a gauge on them so far. Because when you look at their games, they played the Texans, who, you know, obviously are not a very good team. They played the Bengals, which obviously, you know, Joe Burrow was, you know, he's been injured, you know, the start of the year. So, it's, you know, they did win that game, but it's hard to get a gauge from it. And then this game, you know, they lose the Colts. Now, I will say, uh, if Justin Turk, uh, Tucker makes that field goal, um, we're not even having this conversation probably because they're 3-0. and But he didn't. He showed that he's human, and they ended up losing the game. Um, I, I wouldn't say they're in trouble. I think... They're probably the second best team in their division still. I, you know, the Steelers, I think, are still rebuilding. The Browns, I have no idea what to think of them because it just pretty their season pretty much depends on what Deshaun Watson you're getting every week. Um, are you going to get the guy from weeks one and week two? Or are you going to get the guy who just absolutely destroyed the Titans last week? Hard to tell with them. I do like Lamar. I think he's a very talented guy. I think, you know, look, you know, people either seem to love him or hate him. I think he's, you know, an above average quarterback, very, very talented, very athletic. Um, maybe not an elite guy, but, you know, Pretty pretty solid quarterback. Um, I, I do think the the running back depth right now is a concern, but because the offense is so built around it, Lamar's legs, they might be able to mitigate that loss a little bit. They have had severe running back injuries in the past and still have pretty productive offenses. So I'd say they'll probably be fine. You know, probably a wild card team. I don't think they're better than the Bengals once Joe Burrow gets it all going. I think that team could potentially win the Super Bowl this year, but I, I wouldn't be too concerned about them just yet. Jason, anything to add on the on the Ravens there? Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not really. I wouldn't say I'm worried. Uh, they also had um, OBJ who was out. Not that he's a major. Well, he helps with the offense definitely. Not not that he's like the centerpiece of the offense, but that that did uh, put some other guys in uncomfortable situations where they had to step up, rise to the occasion. Um, Lamar getting sacked four times. I don't think that should be happening with that offensive line at all. And especially with his, given his athletic ability. I mean, that's, I don't think he's like, what if he has to, like when he runs into that Browns defense, that's when I'm going to be worried. Like how, if he, if he gets sacked four times against the Indianapolis pass rush, like I can only imagine Cleveland. Miles Garrett had three and a half sacks um, in his last game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's, I would be worried if, um, if I, if I was looking into next week's uh, game for them. Absolutely. And before we dive into next week, let's quickly reveal our team of the week. This is a new segment to the show, fellas. So how this works is each one of us will pick 
one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, a flex guy that he that could either be a wide receiver or a tight end. So you could either go three receivers outright or two receivers and one tight end and then two defensive players. So would anybody like to volunteer? Um, Jason? Uh, I'll go uh, first. No, you want to go first? I can go first. Um, so for my quarterback, uh, this one is pretty easy for me. I went with Justin Herbert. Uh, he just absolutely went off in week three. He had 407 yards, 40 completion on 47 attempts, so 85% completion, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 123.8 rating. And if you guys are in a QBR, 93.2 QBR, when the highest you can get is 100, uh, pretty flawless performance for him and the game that the Chargers absolutely needed to win. Um, and in spite of Brandon Staley trying to sell the game by going for it on fourth down on his own 20, uh, they were able to just sneak it out. So, yeah, I have to give uh, the pride of Oregon himself, good old Justin Herbert, my nod this week. All right, and we'll go straight through. And then you're running back and then re- and re- uh, receivers. Okay, I got you. Uh, running backs, hang on, let me get my list up. All right, uh, so running back, I got a Devon A. Chain, who we mentioned earlier. He had, I believe – 233 total yards this week obviously four total touchdowns for a guy that you know is so young a rookie um out of out of a and i was really impressed with what he did almost put in mostert as well because you know th- those two absolutely went off but uh a chain did have more total yards so i did give him the edge there uh wide receivers uh the first one's very easy uh keenan allen this guy absolutely went off he had i believe 18 catches for i want to say 205 yards um he also became the Chargers' all-time leading receiver, uh, passing Lance Allworth, who, you know, won the greatest wide receivers of all time. So uh, congratulations to him. Uh, my second wide receiver, I went with uh, Devontae Adams. Absolutely went off. This guy's a, an animal. And against the uh, Steelers, he had 172 yards, 20 targets, which is nuts, 13 catches, and two touchdowns. Uh, for my tight end, I mean, you know, j- just for the memes, I'm going to pick Travis Kelsey. Um, because hey, you're you're the best tight end in the league, and now you're dating Taylor Swift. I mean, you know, that that at least deserves a little bit of a mention. And then uh, it was two def- defensive players, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. So for my first guy, I got a player from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he's a second year player, and to be honest, uh, b- before this game, I didn't really know a lot about him. But I mean, what better way uh, to put yourself on the map than having a game like Terrell Bernard? Uh, had for the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to get his stats up here real quick. Seven total tackles. He had two sacks, I believe multiple pass deflections as well, an interception and a forced fumble. Um, So, you know, doing a little bit of everything. And then my second defender, uh, we mentioned him a little bit earlier, Miles Garrett, uh, three and a half sacks. He also had a forced fumble. I mean, this guy's just (laughs) absolutely insane pass rusher. Uh, Definitely, you know, probably in the top three up there with guys like TJ Watts. So, yeah, that, those are the guys that I picked for this week. All good picks. Um, I like the Herbert one. I like all of them, really. Uh, i like to shout out to Terrell Bernard as well. Again, a guy who, quite frankly, I didn't know who he was before this week. So, yeah. way to make a name for himself. Mm-hmm. Jason, how about you? Who is on your team of the week? Uh, starting with quarterback. I'm going to have to, despite the loss, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins, man. He had a – I'm looking at these stats right now. I'm like 344 pass – oh, wait, no, that's week one. 32 
Uh, completions, 367 passing yards, three touchdowns. Uh, for that's that's my ideal like flawless game for a quarterback. He, he did throw a pick, but I'm pretty sure that was a bobble from his one of his wide receivers. Um, so I think that's a, that's a flawless game from a quarterback. Uh, maybe a little bit of fantasy bias there because I haven't won in my leagues, but that's he's, he's, I think he's not a good game. Um, running backs, right? Yes. Uh, oof. Now this one's tough, but uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Raheem Mostert. Um, three touchdowns. Just that's uh, that that game needs no further explanation. It's just that was that was a field day for anybody that had legs on that Miami Dolphins team. Um, two running backs or is we're going one running back, two running receivers. Back. Yeah. Receivers, got it. Um, my first receiver, uh, uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Justin Jefferson, uh, also, uh, from the Vikings on this one 149 yards, receiving touchdown. I think. Still is the best receiver in the league, but it's just ooh that 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 team uh that that defense is it's it's, it's costing them a lot. Um, I did I did see that interview after week one where um people were asking like his his status with the team if if he wants out soon. I don't th- you can't tell from the interviews, but I just see like his body language on the field after they get a turnover, the way he walks off the field, the way like he just loses all like motivation. It's just, I, I think he will be out of there soon, but I th- still obviously top three receiver uh, in the league. That's, that goes without saying second receiver. I'm going Tyreek Hill. Uh, again, monster game. Let me see. He had 157 yards and a touchdown. Um, seems like almost every time he touched the ball, it resulted in a first down. So it's like, and he didn't like, usually they have him, uh, in like the little motion schemes. He didn't have to do much of all that. He was, he was just, it was just the sheer speed and athleticism that got the job done. No problem. Um, for my tight end, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, Pat Freyermuth from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, three receptions on four targets, uh, 41 yards, and pretty much the game-sealing touchdown against uh, Las Vegas that other day. So, yeah, three for four. And two defensive players? Yes, we'll go two defensive players here. Two defensive players. Uh, give me, give me, oof, give me Zaire Franklin, uh, from Indianapolis. Good pick. Yeah. Linebacker. Uh, I feel like him and, um, Shaq Leonard are like, 
very underrated as a duo. Uh, everyone talks about, you know, the Fred Warner, the Dre Greenlaw, and I think f- who else? So, uh, oh, um, you know, Pittsburgh, they got a strong linebacker core. But I think um, Franklin and um, Franklin and Leonard, they're, 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 they're monsters. Uh, he had a game. I cannot find the stats right now, but I know he had a monster game because I was looking at it the other day. Uh, yeah, 15, Zyre had about for for my team on fantasy, he had thirty points. That's 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 ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what you're referring to there. <laughs> and um, my other defensive player, hmm. Uh, Despite the loss, uh, oh, actually, nope, I'm not going to take him. I'm going to take – I'm going to take – I'm going to take Aiden Hutchinson. He had a day against uh, Atlanta. No, my, uh, my bad um, – my bad, Noah, but I I don't want to do this. Hey, man, don't worry about it, man. But he I'm used to it at this point. Uh, three tackles, two sacks, forced fumble, fumble recovery, two pass deflections to tackle for a loss. He pretty much filled up the whole slate that you would want out of any defensive player, uh, especially on the um from from that front four. So yeah, I'm going eight hundred and that's my last pick. Yeah, I, th- those are all good picks as well. I like Aiden Hutchinson in there. Uh, Pat Frymuth, definitely a wild card. Caught that big touchdown late. Uh, also a good pick. Uh, for my team of the week, I'm going to roll. For me, quarterback, it was between two guys, but ultimately I'm taking Justin Herbert. 40-47, he led the NFL in passing yards this week with 405. Chargers avoid going 0-3, beating a playoff team from last year in the Minnesota Vikings, which is not easy to do. Running back, uh, Devon Ashane, 203 rushing yards, four total touchdowns, also added four receptions. And he's a good pass blocker, too, protecting Tuo Tagovailoa. You know, Raheem Mostert's 31 years old. Jeff Wilson has had some injury troubles. They need a young buck back there to pick up the slack, and Ashane could be that guy. Receivers, um, so I'm going three receivers. I'm bypassing tight end for this one. Uh, Keenan Allen, 215 receiving yards and 18 catches, led the, led the NFL in receiving yards this week. Again, Herbert, Allen, beautiful combination. Unfortunately, they lost Mike Williams for the season, so expect guys like Josh Palmer and Quinton Johnston to step up next week. Next up, I have Tyreek Hill. So far, you see the trend here. I've gone two Chargers players, two Dolphins players. Tyreek had nine catches, 157 yards, and one touchdown. Third receiver, it was tough. It was between Adams and Jefferson. I ultimately went with Devontae Adams. He was the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday Night Football. 13 catches, 172 yards, and two touches. Devontae Adams still, in my opinion, is a top five receiver in the National Football League. For sure. Uh, Two defensive guys. First up is the obvious chalk answer, Miles Garrett. Five tackles, three and a half sacks, and a forced fumble. Really good day for the Browns. They held uh, – who did the Browns beat? The Titans. They held them to just three 
points on the day. Uh, this next one's going to be a bit of a surprise. I went with Kaiser White from the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, 14 tackles and one pick against a Dallas offense. It was a terrible read by Dak where he lofted the ball up in the end zone or in the red zone area. I forget where it was, but Kaiser White got the interception and the Cardinals win their first game of the season. Guys, I don't think the Cardinals are as bad as paper says that they are. They've played very close games their first three weeks. They've scored more points than they've allowed despite their one and two record. So that is my team of the week. All right. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about a little bit of a battered, bruised, beaten up type of segment. Uh, We're going to go over three injured players and pretty much debate which one we think is the biggest blow to their team. And we'll start with Nick Chubb for the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, Noah, this hits your heart pretty hard. Uh, you saw the injury he had in 2015. Die hard Georgia fan that you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he sprained, what was it, his MCL, PCL, or no, he tore his MCL, PCL, and LCL back in 2015. Uh, this time he is out for the season, severe ending uh, left knee injury. It was the same knee that he tore back in 2015. I originally thought it could be career ending potentially, but the good news is that. He is expected to make a full recovery. Brown signed Kareem Hunt. Jerome Ford goes off, steps in as the starter. Um, I'll start with you here. How significant is this injury, and where do the Browns go from here at running back? I do think it's significant. I mean, look, uh, Nick Chubb's easily a top five back in the league, in my opinion. The guy's absolute workhorse. He can do a little bit of everything. He can catch a pass here or there. Um, Obviously, he's an animal. I mean, when I read the report that, the only injury he got from from that horrific injury that we saw was a torn MCL and a slightly damaged ACL. I was like, this dude's a freaking tank. Like he had to come from the laboratory. I remember the you mentioned the UGA injury. I, I remember the day as well, the exact day, October tenth, twenty fifteen. We're playing Tennessee, blows out basically his entire knee, like you said, and it happens to the same knee. And yet, it's only a torn MCL and a, a damaged ACL. Um, as for how I think it affects the Browns, like you said, Jerome Ford. Came in and actually did – he was insane when he came in. He was just absolutely destroying. But, um, you know, I, I really liked him at Cincinnati in college. I think he, he could be pretty good. I uh, didn't see a lot of Kareem Hunt in his first game back with the Browns, but, you know, I think he's a solid complimentary piece. Obviously, I think it hurts their offense. Like, you can't just say, oh, yeah, you know, losing an elite running back has no effect at all. However, if, if what we saw from Jerome Ford isn't a fluke, and he can keep doing that for the rest of the season. And if Kareem Hunt can kind of get back on track to, you know, what he was a few years ago, I do still think they can have a good offense. I'm honestly more concerned, like I said earlier, what does Sean Watson are you getting every week, right? Are you getting the guy that we saw last year? Or are you going to get the guy we saw in Houston? Um, because honestly, you know, that's the difference between this probably being a, you know, a six, seven win team or, you know, a team that's comfortably in the wild card race. Uh, you know, obviously like some players in the defense, Miles Garrett being the obvious one. Uh, skills positions, you know, it's it's okay. I mean, you know, but, you know, it, it is a team obviously built around that running game with Nick Chubb. So I do think it'll have an effect. I don't think they'll be garbage. I still think they can compete. I just really think it comes down to how the quarterback plays for them. Yeah, Jason, anything to add to that analysis there on Nick Chubb and the Browns? Uh, man, it's praise for Nick Chubb. I mean, that's 
you don't wish that on like one of the hardest working. Well, for, you don't wish that on anybody, first of all, but especially like one of the hardest working players in the league. Um, Stand up guy, humble guy, goes in, does what he has to do for his team, never complains, never has any contract issues. I mean, that's like, that's a guy you want to, you always want to see on the field. Um, that's heartbreaking for Browns fans. Um, yeah, Noah at every point, right on the nose. I mean, that's grateful. That's it's just a torn MCL and a slightly damaged ACL. I mean, from what it, uh, like they didn't show, obviously too gruesome to show the replay on TV, but obviously there's people in attendance that had the reporters. So when I went back and watched it, I just, my heart fell to my stomach. I was like, oh my God. Cause I like, just imagine what his family was thinking. I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad that he's going to be back on the field though. That's what I like to say the most. Absolutely. Um, yep. Prayers up go to Nick Chubb, his teammates, his family, um, and his friends. Hopefully Nick Chubb can make a full recovery and return in 2024. Uh, next up, the Minnesota Vikings make a trade with the LA Rams for Cam Akers last week. Uh, the team swapped late round 2026 draft picks. Akers was inactive Sunday for week two. He was also inactive this past week for week three. In week one, his final game as a Ram, he had 22 rushes for 29 yards. Those are atrocious numbers with the amount of volume that he had. He's a former second round pick, rushed for a career high 786 yards last year with seven touchdowns. Last year with the Rams, he asked for a trade in the first half of the season. It didn't happen. The Vikings are desperate. They lost Dalvin Cook. They're looking for a replacement. Alexander Madison has not gotten the job done the first three weeks. Their rushing attack ranks last in the National Football League. They're sitting here at 0-3. Can Cam Akers make any type of impact to help this offense? Or, quite frankly, are the Vikings done? Jason, I'll start with you here on this one. Uh, you know, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, huge Justin Jefferson guy. Um, I think they they need to figure this run game out because when you watch those games, you're like only thinking to yourself, like how how are they not like winning these games? Like they have a pretty solid receiving core. I mean, got the best receiver in the league, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne. Jordan Addison, by the way, having a great rookie year. Um, I'm not just looking at this run game. I see Madison. Pretty sure they got Miles Gaskin on there too. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm disappointed because last year he did exceptionally well. Like when when Cook went down, I remember he would um he he would, he would perform. If Cook went down or Cook was unavailable, he would go out there and do what he had to do. Um, this year as a starter, I don't know if he's just feeling too much pressure or I don't know what's going on. But I mean, the O line is it's it's and it's it's a workable O line too. I mean, they got they got a lot of good guys on that O line. So uh, three games in a row, a loss. I mean, I think there's no excuse why this is not a three and O team. Wow. Okay. Noah, your thoughts on my closet Minnesota Vikings? 
Yes, yes, your your second favorite team. It, it, it's tough to say for me because you know I, when I when we look at the teams they played, uh, you know obviously there's no shame in in losing teams like the Chargers or Eagles. These are pretty good teams, but when you and look, I know it's week one. Anything can happen in week one, but when you lose to Tampa Bay at home to start your season, you only score 17 points. It, it, it's not going to you know be a be a very you know uplifting result, shall you say? And I, I think you're seeing a, a lack of confidence in the team. But like you said, Tom. Uh, offense is very one-dimensional. They have no running game. Alexander Madison's averaging four yards per carry. And this is a team that, as long as I've been watching them, has been built on the running game, right? Adrian Peterson, uh, Dalvin Cook, just last season, guys. Dalvin Cook, 4.4 yards per carry, almost 1,200 yards rushing, eight touchdowns. This isn't a team that's been struggling to run the ball for forever. Um, and, you know, this is no slide against Madison. I think he's a young, promising guy, um, but – you know, clearly the fact they traded for Cam Akers shows that they want to get a, a compliment piece because they probably don't think Madison can be that feature back. Uh, as for Cam Akers himself, I, I like him in the past. You know, he hasn't played a ton for the Rams because he's missed time here or there. But um, his rookie season 2020 and then last year, I think he was pretty good as well. Um, give me a minute to get his stats up because I think he scored about seven touchdowns last season. Um, yes, he did. Average 4.2 yards per carry, um, almost 800 yards. In his rookie year, he had 600, two touchdowns. So, I mean, this is a guy that has talent. He was a beast at Florida State as well. Just want to throw that in there. Um, but I think for Minnesota, when you look at their their schedule, um, they need to win two of the next three games because they play at Carolina, Kansas City, and at Chicago. Those are two of the worst teams in the NFL, obviously, plus Kansas City. You need to win both those games. But after that, I mean, it just gets so difficult. Again, you got San Fran at Green Bay, at Atlanta. Look, I know Atlanta has its flaws, but that's not like you're playing the Bears, right? That's not some, you know, five-win team or anything like that. The Saints, you know, at Denver, and, you know, it goes on. But 0-3 is very difficult to come back from. The only thing I'll say for the Vikings is I don't think teams like the Packers and Lions are unbeatable. Like, they're not uncatchable. This isn't like you're talking, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers with Prime Aaron Rodgers to where you can just pretty much mail them in for 11, 12 wins a season. I do think if they go on a run, they can catch up. But, look, Kirk Cousins, he's been playing playing his tail off. They're just one-dimensional. Look, take it from a Falcons fan. He's seen it for 10 years at this point. doesn't matter what quarterback you got. If you can't run the ball, you're going to be one-dimensional. You're going to fall behind, and then the defense knows exactly what's coming, which means they just you know can send pass rush after you, and then there's no hope. So they need to get the running game going, need to get a balanced offense back, and I think playing a you know a weaker team like Carolina is a good opportunity for them to do that. But I do think zero and three is a lot to it's it's a big hole to get out of. That's for sure. You guys like fun facts, right? I've got a, a fun fact for you right now that is mind-blowing. Okay. Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, as you know, was the 102nd overall selection in the 2012 NFL draft. Yep. Since 2012, 113 quarterbacks have been drafted. Chiefs Patrick Mahomes is the only one to win a Super Bowl. Since Kirk Cousins has been drafted, that's, that's crazy. That's just saying. So, um, damn, Brady's that old. Yeah, he, he, exactly. So you know, people talk about this youth movement of quarterbacks. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, no one's been able to win the big game. 
Joe Burrow went up against Matt Stafford. He lost. Mm-hmm. Not to digress from the segment here, but that just came up on my You're phone nice. now as we were talking about this. So Siri might have been listening to what we were discussing. Uh, you got to love social media, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, my thoughts on the Vikings are exactly what both of you guys said, right? Their next four games, Panthers, Chiefs, Bears, Niners. They have to win two of those four just to stay alive. Uh, one could argue they should be two and one right now with wins over the Bucks. And the Chargers. In fact, I had them beating the Chargers this past week because they were home and they're and they're desperate. And I thought their offense was slightly better than LA's, um, <laughs> with Austin Eckler being out. But on, unfortunately, they were unable to get the job done. I don't think Cam Akers is going to bring as much to this offense as people think. What I do think it will bring, though, is less pressure on Alexander Madison, and it will make the Vikings less one-dimensional because Madison cannot be a bell cow at this point. He's proven that, unfortunately. Cam Akers is a better um, guy here to potentially fulfill that role. Shout out Notre Dame uh, running back Kyron Williams for kicking him out of town. Um, I, I do realistically think, though, that the Vikings can finish around 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight. Uh, at best at this point, and hope for a wild card spot if they are to come back from this 0-3 hole. They are the best 0-3 team in the league, just putting that out there. Not that that says much, but that's how I feel about them. Uh, Lastly, gentlemen, Derek Carr, unfortunate week three with the Saints. The Saints were 2-0. They had a 17-0 lead going into the fourth quarter. They blow it. Derek Carr has a sprained AC joint. He is week to week. He has not yet been rolled out for week four, but it's very likely Jameis Winston will be starting on Sunday for their week four matchup. Thoughts on how this Derek Carr injury impacts the Saints and the NFC South race. Noah, as the NFC Mm -hmm. South rep, we'll start with you here on this one. Yeah, I was actually I was talking to my buddy or who's kind of a, a Saints fan because I wanted to get his thoughts on this injury. And um, from what he said, he said it's kind of a week to week injury. So obviously he might he's probably going to miss some time, but it's not like an absolutely severe injury where you have to think, oh, you're, he's going to miss a month or whatever. Um, in fact, he brought up an example that Drew Brees in uh, 2014 had a similar kind of injury to where he didn't throw in practice all week, but yet he started the next game. So. You know, hopefully just, well, not hopefully. I hope he misses the whole month. But hopefully for them, for their sake, he doesn't miss too much time. Uh, Jameis coming in, I mean, look, you know what you're getting with Jameis. This isn't some, you know, nobody. He does have talent. You know, he can throw the ball 70 yards standing still. But he also has those head-scratching turnovers. And I think, you know, in a, a league where margins are so close, so many games are won by the turnover margin, um, now, I will say this, and I told you this, Tom, when we were talking in preseason, I did think the Saints were the best team in the NFC South. Why? Because I thought they were the only team in the division that had a proven, experienced quarterback. Because the new other teams, Baker ain't it. I'm sorry. I know he, you know, he's looked pretty decent here and there, but we've seen enough of him to know he's eventually going to you know, struggle a little bit. And then Bryce Young's a rookie, and, and Desmond Ritter's played six, seven games. So like the jury's completely out on him. Uh, when I look at their schedule, Tampa Bay this week I think is a favorable matchup. I don't think Tampa Bay is a two and one team. I think they, um, you know, 
They they beat a Vikings team that looked terrible in week one, and then they beat the Chicago Bears, who are probably the worst team in the league. Like, they're absolutely a joke. Um, so we saw what happened when the Bucks finally played a good team in the Eagles, and I know that's a very high bar, but it wasn't even close. Like, they weren't even competitive. So I think that's, a you know, a nice game. If you want Derek Carr to miss a game, that's a game you want him to miss. And then at New England, same kind of thing at Houston. Their, their schedule the next few weeks is pretty favorable. So do I, I think it's going to affect them a lot. Unfortunately, no. I think as long as uh, Jameis comes in, and, and by the way, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Alvin Kamara's uh, suspension for three games? I thought it was – what he's was it three, back. Jason? He's coming he's, back? Okay. This game. So if he's coming back, I mean, that's another thing that helps because you got and, – and look, I know Jamal Williams got injured. You got Alvin Kamara, and then you got uh, Kendra Miller, who they drafted – I think he can be really good. Um, so overall, um, I think they'll be okay. Unfortunately, I hope I wish I could say it wouldn't and that they'd fall off a cliff, but I think they'll still be able to be competitive until he comes back. And Jamal Williams can go back to his complimentary role that he's used yes. to. Yes. Um, you know, he is the touchdown maker <laughs> as people like to call it. Yeah. I mean, look, I think losing car sucks. Um, Looking at the same schedule, yeah. I mean, I don't think the Bucks are as much of a challenging threat as they used to be. But um, the Saints will have to rely on their running game and their defense a little bit. You know, you still have weapons and Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, but uh, Rashid Shahid as well. Um, Jameis Winston, you know, he started before. he He's had a 30-touchdown season. But with Jameis Winston, he's a guy who can win you the game, but he could also lose you the game with interceptions and turnovers. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how life without Derek Carr is for the next week or so. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I think losing Nick Chubb for the season, in my opinion, is the biggest concern out of of these three. Um, I I do think the Browns will be okay and in playoff contention, but we all agree Nick Chubb is definitely the biggest blow here. All right. So that being said, let's move on to week four. It's crazy how quick the NFL season goes every year. I think because fall is just so busy. There's school. There's all this other stuff. And it just comes and it goes. Um, Week four is here. So there are three teams left undefeated. And there are, I think there's four 0-3 teams. So let's get to our first matchup for... Week four, it is Thursday night. The Lions taking on the Green Bay Packers. This is an NFC North matchup. Lions are favored by one and a half on the road. Both teams are two and one. Green Bay home at Lambeau Field. Obviously, the Lions have impressive weapons in Jared Goff, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta really emerging as a tight end for them. Um, he scored his first NFL touchdown this past week. We have to talk about Jordan Love. He's taking great care of the football the first three weeks, seven touchdowns to just one pick. Solid young receivers in Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs. Will Aaron Jones play on a short week? I think that's a valid question. We know he's been banged up. Um, Noah, Mm -hmm. start with you. Who's taking home the cake on Thursday night football? Lions 1-0 in primetime already this season 
So just just quick disclaimer before I predict this this game. This is like one of those matchups to I I never predict it right. Every time I pick the Lions, the Packers go out and steamroll them. And then la- like last year when I picked the Packers to win both games, they lose both of them. So um, you know wh- whichever team I pick, I'm sorry, but I probably just jinx you and you're probably going to lose the game. But um, I think this is a complete toss up. I think both teams have looked pretty good from the bits I've seen. I think you know. I do want to see a bit more out of Jordan Love, although, like you said, you know he has taken care of the football. And I've liked overall what I've seen from him, um, but I think there's more question marks about a team like Green Bay. I think with Detroit, uh, with Ben Johnson coming back, I think that offense has a lot of really good potential. If Jared Goff keeps playing like he has, because he was great last year, and like I got to say, really wasn't a Jared Goff fan, but last season he was phenomenal. He's looked good to start this year as well. Um, so. It's kind of a toss-up game, but um, I'm probably going to pick Detroit in a tight one. I, I think that definitely the spread is pretty accurate. It's probably like a round of field goal game or less. Uh, I just I have slightly less question marks about Detroit because I think you know they're bringing a lot back from what they had last season, other than Jamal Williams, who we just mentioned. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to see a, a bit more Jordan Love before I completely buy in. So I'll pick the Lions to win a close one. Jason? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree. Um, obviously, the Lions week one upset against Kansas City. Nobody saw that coming. Um, so, yeah, that's I'm, I'm going based off the uh, last time they were on Thursday Night Football. Look at what happened. Uh, and the Lions are literally an overtime loss away from being a 3-0 team. That's how I look at it. I mean, Tyler Lockett just had a crazy, just had, had a crazy overtime period and that put the lines away. But I think they, they're a team that should be three and zero as well. They, they've surprised me as like, and especially like how they, how young they are. Um, the talent is crazy over there. So um, I'm not sure how long, I'm pretty sure they have four players suspended for all field activity. I'm not sure how long that, I don't, I don't know if that's season or if that's, um, like a limited game suspension, but I'm taking the lines on this one. Um, Jordan Love is really good, I think, but I think Jared Goff is just better. Um, the Lions pass rush, I think, is better. Uh, the only weakness I see, not really a weakness, but where they might have some problems is in that uh, secondary. I, I, I can see Jordan Love picking apart that secondary, but not to the point where – it would win them the game. Like, I feel like they would adjust by the time it's, it's time for crunch time. Um, again, Jordan Love, great quarterback, but just not enough, not like not enough talent to get them to win over Detroit, I don't think. All right. So full transparency, we're three for three here. Um, I want to pick the Packers, but I can't. The Lions are the better football team right now. They've won the three last matchups against Green Bay in this series. You know, it's weird for me to say, oh, the Packers are going to lose at Lambeau again this early in the season. But the way I look at it, David Bakhtiari didn't play last week. He likely won't play again on a short week. There goes your starting left tackle, Aaron Jones. Short week for him. He's dealing with a hamstring issue. I don't think he plays. Hamstrings are tricky. Elton Jenkins, their starting left guard, did not play last week. Again, short week for a knee injury. I think he's out. Christian Watson did not play with a hamstring 
last week. I think he's out as well. The Packers are too depleted with injuries. You take away Jordan Love's left side of the offensive line. Aiden Hutchinson will have a field day, in my opinion. They've inserted linebacker Jack Campbell to that defense. They drafted Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama. The biggest weakness that prevented the Lions from winning games in previous seasons was their defense. Um, That's always what it was. Last year they had a top-five offense and missed the playoffs. So this season, I think the Lions are going to be good. You both bring up valid points. So Detroit wins um, for the fourth time in a row against the Packers. Next up, Noah's Atlanta Falcons are on the road at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are minus three-point favorites. Jacksonville coming off a brutal loss at home to the Houston Texans. Uh, they could not stop C.J. Stroud and that Houston offense. Noah, since this is your mm-hmm. game, I'll let you go first here again with Atlanta. Who's coming out on top here? Your Falcons are 2-1 and one through three weeks. Congratulations. You guys are uh, off to a decent start to the season. Yeah, no, man. First winning record since 2017, which is great. But um, I got to pick the Jags in this one, unfortunately. I, I just think the Falcons – Look, I do think they're much improved. Like, this isn't a team that makes me hate myself when I watch them. I do see entertainment value from watching this team. Like, there is potential here. But I still think they have a lot of issues. I think their offensive line is inconsistent. Um, Desmond Ritter's been under a lot of pressure. Desmond Ritter has his question marks as well. You know, mostly takes care of the football, but, like, you know, very low yardage numbers, very low touchdown production. And, and look, I get he's still trying to find his footing, but – He's definitely not a, a proven quarterback bas- back there, and it's the most important position in football. Um, offensive play calling, inconsistent at best. Uh, you know, um, you know, the first couple of weeks, you know, Bajan Robinson's going off. Everything looks great. And then last week we played probably the best team we've played, and it just it, it fell off the rails. Aiden Hutchinson, like Jason uh, mentioned earlier, just absolutely tore us apart. Um, our offensive line cannot keep up. And on the other side of the ball, I think our secondary is much better. I think Jesse Bates has been great. He's got three interceptions in three games. I, I think AJ Charles is a phenomenal corner. Outside of that, if if this uh, if this pass rush does not get to the quarterback, the secondary can be beaten. Um, other than those two guys, I think it's fairly weak. So um, I think with Trevor Lawrence, yes, I know he's had a bit of a slow start the season, but like once he starts firing all cylinders, everyone knows the talent that guy has. Um, if we don't get after him, and I don't know if we will. Uh, he can definitely tear apart our secondary. So uh, I do think it'd be a close game, um, maybe a touchdown type of game, 10-point type game. I just think I, I've seen too much concerning from the Falcons the first couple weeks, even though they are 2-1, and one, like you said, um, to make me think they can go on the road and, and face a team that, yes, maybe has underachieved so far, but everyone knows is a pretty good team. Most people pick them to win their division. Um, I do. I do think the Falcons will lose this game. Okay. Jason, are you riding with Jacksonville as well, or are you countering here? At Jacksonville. Ooh. Uh, this is a close one for me. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what's my deciding factor here? Because I really want to say Atlanta. I just – I like the way they're playing. Ooh. All right. You know what? But Jacksonville does have that run game too. Oof. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Atlanta. Um. 
Trevor Lawrence had a he, – he was going on a upward trend at the end of last season. So people thought next season he's coming out, he's, he's going to be a – nope. Trevor Lawrence is in a slump. Three touchdowns, two picks through uh, three games. He's actually on like a, a downward spiral right now. Um, he started out hot. Didn't even throw a touchdown against KC. Threw a touchdown in the pick against uh, Houston with a 84 rating. KC had a 64 rating. Ooh. Uh, Bijan's been tearing it up. Um, I think he's the front runner for uh, offensive rookie of the year. That's just, yep. that's me. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving it to Atlanta. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I think. Um, I watched. I watched the game against. What was the second game? Second game against Green Packers. Bay. Yep. I watched that game. Um, great with his legs. Uh, very pa- more. Very patient from what I from what I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. you don't really expect that patience from a, a young QB like him. You expect them, you know, wants to make a play. He's patient and he lets his guys get open. One thing I will say, uh, though that receiving core. In Atlanta, inconsistent. Uh, Drake London, you're either going to get a monster game or you're either going to get a two-catch game. It's, it's one or the other with him. Um, mm-hmm. I think Bijan they, is definitely the centerpiece of that offense, and I think if they continue to ride with him, I think I think they'll be fine uh, looking at possibly a wild card spot. Um, so, yeah, I'm picking Atlanta over Jacksonville. All right, so we have a split here. I am the deciding factor, and Noah is going to hate me for this. Calvin Ridley scores the game-winning touchdown. Mark it down, check box, put your notes out. Um, I didn't even think yeah. about that. If that happens, I'm going to cry myself to sleep. Uh, I'm just saying uh, I think Jacksonville is ticked off after last week. You know, Dougie P is going to have that team ready. You know, Travis Etienne is going to get the ball rolling. Um I like Jacksonville's defense overall. You know, Alua Khan, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, they have solid edge rushers. I do think Atlanta will keep this tight, though. I think they're underrated. You, know, you both brought up good points when analyzing the Falcons so far this season. They came back. Uh, you know, they came back against the Packers to win that game. Big comeback. Ritter, Ritter had a rushing touchdown in that game. Uh, despite Lawrence's flaws early in the season, I think he's going to do enough to win this one and um, put Jacksonville over the top here. Plus, I think Calvin Ridley might know a thing or two about that Atlanta defense going up against yeah, the yeah. practice for yeah, several years. Yeah, he knows how done. bad they are. That's what he knows. I did <laughs> forget to mention that 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 Atlanta defense. I, I, I like I, I like I like how they match up against um against uh Jacksonville um. I think Jesse Bates is very he he's he's great in in the um in the D part of the field, but very I think he I think he's underrated with, with the run support too. I mean I've seen him come down the field, fly down there and make some big plays. Um AJ Terrell, phenomenal corner. <sighs> to Thomas' point though, now that I think about it, Calvin Ridley may know his ins and outs on against that secondary. You can't you can't bet against him, man. Yeah. Literally, you can't bet against There you go. You got it. I'm just saying. uh, (laughs) And so Jason gets on Noah's good side on that one. 
Um, yes, sir. Next I up, hope he's right. This should be a fun one. <laughs> this should be a fun game. This has game of the week written all <laughs> over it. The Dolphins come into this one 3-0 at the Buffalo Bills. Bills are favored by two and a half. They just slaughtered the Washington Commanders on the road. Sam Howell threw four interceptions. Uh, Jason, the the defense of the Buffalo Bills gave Gabe and his fantasy team 85 fantasy points this week because in our league, defenses get a shitload of points. Um, man. And then Miami, of course, last year had their season ended in Buffalo in the wild card round, a two versus seven game. <laughs> of course, Tua was dealing with a lot of head injuries last season, but Miami more healthy now, and they have a really good new running back in Devonna Shane. So, Jason, we'll start with you here on this one. Who is winning the battle in Buffalo? Um, see, now at first I thought I thought my answer was uh, is going to be like that, but then I just I thought about it for a little bit. But then I'm still I'm I'm going to say it's Miami. Um, they still got that sour taste in their mouth from the uh, wild card last year. I mean, if Skylar Thompson is a touchdown away from beating the Bills in the wild card. I mean, that's – I think you got the fully healthy squad now. I mean, I think – I think they're, they're going to come to play. Uh, see, now, Josh Allen, in games like this, he he does when the lights are bright. He either – it's either he will go hit for hit with you or he will absolutely vanish. I mean, like – Last time we saw him go up against a high-powered offense in Cincinnati, like he, he was like a ghost. Like I didn't, he didn't, he didn't do anything. But then again, he has those games where he goes against the top teams like Casey, and then he just goes out there and performs. Um, but I do like see now that Bills defense. It, it's hard to say what I like about Miami because that Bills defense is they're they're everywhere. Um, what I will say though, I think. I think Miami has the coaching advantage. Coaching advantage. That's what I, that's what I'm gonna go with. Um, then again, a chain. See, now I do think that the Bills' run game is gonna be on top of their stuff because their their run game is strong. I mean, their run defense. My bad. Run defense, very strong. Um, yeah, I see. If the Dolphins win this game, I see it being through the air, and it's gonna be a shootout for sure. Um, there won't be a lot of if there is any defense played in this game, that defense, that whatever defense is played, that'll probably end up deciding the game. Because I think this is going to be, we're talking like 40, 50 point game from both teams. And oh boy. Yeah. See, this, this one is tough because I really want to pick Miami. That said, I feel like I picked Miami to beat the Bills about five times in the past couple of years and they've never done it. Because the Bills absolutely own the Dolphins. Like, I, I'm sorry, don't get me wrong. They did beat them once last season. All three of the games were decided by three or less points. But plain and simple, the Dolphins have beaten the Bills twice since 2017. This is a team that has their number. They're at home. I understand the Bills, you know, like you can say they beat Washington 37 nothing, But, you know, Washington is clearly a rebuilding team. And then before that, they... They beat the Raiders, who aren't very good, and then they lost to the Aaron Rodgers Jets. So the verdict is out on Buffalo, 
And Miami's red hot, obviously. I mean, he scored 70 freaking points. But I just think this is a team that always seems to find a way against against the Dolphins. They're at home. Now go figure. This will be the one time I pick the Bills to beat the Dolphins, which means the Dolphins will win. But I don't know. I, I, I think the Bills are still holding back a lot of their potential. I think they've definitely underachieved, even though they are 2-1. and one. Um, This is a team that should be contending for the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I think both these teams are really good. I'm probably going to have a slight edge to Buffalo in this one. Uh, probably by less less one possession somewhere in there, but I just think this is a team that the Bills always seem to have their number. I think I think they can win it here, especially at home. Uh, but it, it's going to be a barn burn. I would not be surprised if the Dolphins won, uh, but I'm going to give the Bills a slight edge here. Uh, to Noah's point, since 2017, the Bills have won 11 out of the last 13 matchups against the Dolphins, including seven straight at home. The fish tend to freeze when they play up in Buffalo. But despite history favoring Buffalo here, Jalen Waddle looks to c- clear concussion protocol. He did not play in week three. Quite frankly, they did not need him. <laughs> um, I mean, they had guys out there like Durham Smythe, and uh, River Carcraft, uh, that's a name, huh? Uh, making plays for them on offense in addition to a Shane Hill, etc. So for me here on this one, I'm looking, the Bills just lost to the Jets a couple weeks ago. They played much better, but I think eventually all streaks must come to an end. And if, if, if Waddle plays, I really think the Dolphins are due to upset the Buffalo Bills and improve to 4-0. I just don't know what it is with Josh Allen sometimes. Like, some weeks he'll look like a top two QB in the league, and then other weeks he'll look like a bottom 10 QB in the league. It just doesn't make any sense. So, for me, Tua is healthy. The offensive line is still meh. But their skill players are able to get open quickly enough where it's really difficult for me to evaluate Buffalo right now. Because, yes, they did get a shutout, but it was against Washington. Despite being 2-0, we know Washington's not the best team. They're a decent team, but they're not the best. And I forget who their second win was against. I think it was the Raiders. They blew them out, too. But we saw what the Raiders did on Sunday Night Football this week. They laid neck against the Steelers' defense. Um, outside of Devontae Adams, of course. So for me, I will pick the Dolphins in this one to get the upset in Buffalo, despite the Bills winning seven straight at home. I, I'm acknowledging, Noah, that Buffalo mm-hmm. owns Miami, uh, dating back to my week one pick of the Giants over the Cowboys. I am acknowledging that. So history is on Buffalo's side here, but give me the Dolphins in an upset. Streaks are made to be broken, so I mean. And it is factual. Next up, Ravens at the Browns. Browns favored by two and a half at home. Both teams are two and one. John Harbaugh's team goes up against Kevin Stefanski. Um, Noah, I'm going to start with Mm -hmm. you here. Uh, Who do you think comes out on top? I mean, flip a coin in this one, and I don't really mean that favorably because from what I've seen from both teams, I really haven't been impressed by either of them. Uh, Baltimore, you know, they did beat – Texans convincing week one, but obviously the Texans are, are not a very good team. They beat the Bengals in a tight one, and then they lose to the Colts. And the Browns, yes, I know they beat the Titans, but, man, the Titans, I, they just they just look absolutely terrible. Um, and, uh, you know, before that, 
Uh, let me get their schedule up real quick. They they did beat the Bengals in week one, and then they lost the Steelers. I just uh, – honestly, I think it's going to come down to the quarterbacks. Which Deshaun Watson are you getting? How well is Lamar going to do? Uh, the running back uh, situation for both teams isn't great. You know, you mentioned the, the Ravens running backs injuries earlier, Tom, and obviously uh, the Browns don't have Nick Chubb. Uh, skills positions, I mean, I guess I'd give a slight edge to the Browns just because they do have Amari Cooper, and I do like, um, what's his name, Cedric Tillman that they got out of, out of Tennessee. I think he could be pretty good. Um and on the defensive side, I think Miles Garrett could maybe be a difference maker. So not a game I'm very confident in because I have no idea what to think of either team. Uh, but as long as Watson doesn't have a terrible game and he does okay at least, uh, I think the Browns, and they are at home as well, uh, they could probably win a close one. Uh, not confident on that one at all, but I will pick the Browns uh, to win by a field goal. Okay. Jason, who do you got? Oh man. Huge, huge Lamar Jackson fan. Uh I gotta go with the Browns though. I mean Yeah, I'm going with the Browns, man. Like that defense, something about it. I just I I I don't I don't see it, like Lamar is going to have a workload on his hands. Um, he's got he's going to have third, fourth string practice squad guys coming up in like some of their first games ever. Um, OBJ status is still questionable. Zay Flowers, I think, is also questionable. He's been having some pain in practice. Uh, the injuries for these Ravens is just. It's like a bottomless pit. It just it doesn't stop. Um, Browns look strong, man. I mean, Denzel Ward, I think, can shut down any receiver he wants. I've seen him do it almost every game he's played. So, oof. And obviously, Miles Garrett. That's last game. I don't. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a snippet. There were two tight ends mirroring Miles Garrett. So they had two tight ends lined up, head up on Miles Garrett to double team him. He would he would he would he would motion as a defensive player. He's motioning to get away from the double team, and they followed him. And that's I just think that just and, and he forced a delay a game with that. So I mean, he's a force to be reckoned with. Um, to Noah's point, uh, are you getting MVP damn near Deshaun Watson, or are you getting? Uh, whatever we've been seeing week one, week two. I mean, also both teams run games. I, I think, I think, I think it's going to come down to um, what team's defense steps up. And I think the Browns got that all day and they're at home. So I'm going to give it to the Browns. Need to see Let's... what they do against Mark Andrews as well. Mm-hmm. That's definitely going to be the, the big uh, main target for Lamar in this one. That's an excellent point. Um, but let's really dive into the Ravens injury report because this this is bad, guys. Odell did not play last week. He's still hurt. Uh, Devin DuVernay expected to play shoulder. Justice Hill, foot injury, did not play last week. 
Marlon Humphrey did not play last week, also with a <laughs> foot injury. Marlon Humphrey out. Tyler Linderbaum out with an ankle. They're starting center. Odafe Owe, edge rusher, out with an ankle. Starting left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, out with a knee. Marcus Williams, torn pectoral, out. I mean, he might miss the whole season. Obviously, no J.K. Dobbins. Their long snapper, Nick Moore, is injured. He might not play. I mean, a third of the roster is hurt, guys. And that game against the Colts at home last week did not convince me that they're going to go into Cleveland and pull out this game. The Browns improved to 3-1 and one, continue to be the NFL's surprise team of 2023 thus far. Clean sweep for Cleveland here in this one. Um, all right, which is crazy too, right? No, no Nick Chubb? No problem. <laughs> Cleveland has won the last two uh, meetings with Baltimore at home. Yeah. So history's on their side here. So Moving on to the next game, the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Tennessee Titans. Bengals coming off a huge Monday night football win over the L.A. Rams, much needed. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow still has not looked good. Yes, he's been hurt, but his play has been subpar so far this season. Um, favored by two and a half on the road. Titans coming off a brutal loss to Cleveland. Um they were the same team that upset the Chargers last week, so the Titans are very difficult to figure out. One week they're good, the next week they're not good. I do think they have the better coach in this matchup with Mike Vrabel, but Jason, do the Bengals win two in a row, or does Tennessee ruin the party? Ooh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those games where Tennessee could kind of play around the Bengals defense because they the last time they met I believe was the divisional game in 22 correct and yeah they lose that by a field goal uh that that was yeah that was the Bengals surprise here um yeah I think this is the game where Tennessee kind of figures out their offense which they have yet to do um they've got few guys, Hopkins, they have Traylon Burks, they have Derrick Henry. Uh, this might be a hot take, but sooner or later, I think we're going to see uh, Will Levis take the reins and be the starter for the rest of the year. I Personally, I said Tannehill has until week three, and it's week three and they're still going with him. So I'm going to stretch it to about week eight. I think – Will Levis will step in. But for this game specifically, yeah, it's – Tannehill has only a touchdown to three picks this season, man. He's he's not playing well at all. Uh, yeah, I think this game is going to be heavily relied on, on Derrick Henry. Or, well, Derrick Henry is the Tennessee Titans right now. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to be what gets uh, – also, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really a believer uh, in the Bengals' defense. They could be very. I mean, I, I know yesterday they're the reason why they won, but I'm just not a believer in the Bengals' defense, especially against uh, running back like Derrick Henry. I mean, and still you got to worry about DeAndre Hap, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and I think I think the Titans can get it done. Uh, Joe Burrow. Mm, He's still trying to find his groove. Like we see this every year with the Bengals, they they start out slow. They gotta you know 
ease into the season and they just turn up going like that eight, nine game streak. But I think the Titans get this one done. Uh, Bengals defense isn't really a concern of mine at all. All right. So Jason rolls with the Titans. Noah. I, I love Jason's optimism, but I, I got to be honest. I have not been impressed with, with Tennessee at all. I think like, like, like Jason said, I think Ryan Tannehill, I don't think he's it. I, I think he's really struggled. I think Tennessee's O-line has been terrible. Uh, he's been sacked 13 times, but even when he's had time to throw, I mean, 59% completion, three interceptions, the one touchdown, 67.7 rating. Uh, Derek Henry, who's kind of their feature guy, as we all know, averaging 3.2 yards per carry this season. It's been, it's been a rough go for him. And then receiving, uh, their leading receiver is DeAndre Hopkins, 153 yards, no touchdowns. Other than that, they have no one with over 100 yards. I think when you compare the teams, quarterback, look, I don't care if, if Joe Burrow has one leg, he's better than Ryan Tannehill. Uh, running game, the, the Bengals have not had a great running game either. Um, but we all know the talent a guy like Joe Mixon has, and his skills position is not even close. You got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd is still there as well. Um, I'm with Jason. I'm, I'm not a big believer on the on the Bengals defense as well, but I think going against a team like the Titans, I, I just think their offenses look completely anemic all, all year, pretty much. I haven't seen a single strength on their offense that you can point to and say, you know, that's a guy that can come through for them. When your best player, like Derrick Henry, is struggling like he is, you know they're getting pounded up front consistently. So uh, I, I got to admire Vegas's optimism on this one. I honestly don't even think this is close. I think the Bengals win this game easily because Joe Burrow is only going to get better as the season goes along and that injury starts to heal up. Um, I'm indifferent about this game. I have not been impressed by the Bengals. The Titans have let me down at the at the same time. I really thought they would win this past week, but they didn't. Um, DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks scare me offensively, and those have been Tannehill's safety blankets. Right, that keeps eight guys out of the box for Derrick Henry now, and I think that was the issue <laughs> in previous seasons. Outside of AJ Brown, they didn't have anybody that could help throw defenders outside of the box, which I think helps Tennessee's offense. Kevin Byard's an honorable safety. I like their pass rush with Denico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons, but the Bengals have a solid offensive line. Uh, Orlando Brown looks better with uh, Cincinnati than he did with the Chiefs. Uh, Cordell Volson and Alex Kappa, two veterans who have done a nice job. Ted Karras up the middle, and then Jonah Williams at right tackle. I mean, all, all these guys are good on the offensive line. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins kind of got it going a little bit last night. Yeah, defensively, they haven't been great, but they only gave up one touchdown last night to the Rams. This is an offense that saw Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell post two 100-yard performances. I believe Puka went two weeks in a row with 100-yard performances. They contained Puka very nicely uh, last night. For me, it's I trust Joe Burrow to go in and win this game. I, I really do. I think he's getting healthier. You know, he'll have some time off to rest. So I'm also going to go with the Bengals uh, in this one, but I won't be shocked if it goes the other way. I think Tennessee is right there with them at the end. Um, it seems like whenever we doubt the Bengals, they come right back. And I think that's one of those things. They started 0-2 last year. They made it to the AFC title game. 
would not be shocked if they start 0-2 this year and potentially make a run at the big game. I would not be shocked. So give me Cincinnati in this one. All right, gentlemen, we have four more games to go over. The Bucks take on the Saints in an NFC South matchup. Saints are favored by three. Um, Noah, going to you here. Do mm-hmm. the Bucks or the Saints improve to three and one and uh, take command of first place if your Falcons don't win on Sunday? Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. Look, I, I know Derek Carr might miss this game, but um, I just think the Saints have a, a better team. And, and when you look at the quarterbacks, you know, Jameis Winston is very boomer bust, but on the other side, Baker Mayfield isn't, you know, what you consider a very safe pair of hands either. Um, he can bust a lot, but how much can he boom? Not really sure. Uh, running backs, I think, you know, with AK coming back, I think that's a big boost for the Saints as well. I think the Saints – other than Mike Evans have better skills positions, but the thing about Mike Evans, guys, Marshawn Lattimore absolutely owns him. It's not even close. Um, he, he, he just gets in his head. I don't know what it is. He always loses cool, does some dumb fight stuff or whatever, you know, gets gets thrown out of the game and because he gets frustrated. Uh, that's a big point as well. Saints defense is really good. And, like, I know people will say, oh, they blew a 17 nothing lead to the Packers. But the thing is, their offense completely disappeared. And if you tell any NFL team – before the game, we'll only allow 18 points this game. You would expect a team to win that game. Uh, scoring 17 points and like none in the second half is completely unacceptable for the offense, but I think their defense is really good. I don't think Tampa Bay's defense is good. They they look good you know, the first two weeks against you know, a very slow start Minnesota team and then the Bears, who are just a complete joke. Um, so I'm going to pick the Saints. I, I just purely I, I think they're a way better team. I don't even think it's close. I know they're both 2-1. and one. Um, I think it's more of a fluke for the Bucs personally. So uh, give me the same because it is a rivalry game. It could be closer than people think. So I'll say the Saints by probably 10 points, but I would not be surprised if the Saints uh, could win by more. Saints are winning. Uh, Bucks don't impress me. They barely scooted by the Vikings in week one. A lot of luck was involved there with that. And Baker had a good game, which does not happen often. Um, and then in week two, the Bucks just, I mean, once again, it was one of those games where like, yeah, they were doing well, but there were a lot of question marks there. So I, I think the Saints are the better team here. I trust them, even with Jameis Winston potentially starting. You know, you'll probably see some Taysom Hill as well. I like the Saints a lot more at the Dome. All right, next up, NFC East time. The Commanders at the Eagles. Eagles favored by eight. They are 3-0 and following last night's win on Monday Night Football against the aforementioned Bucks. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, Georgia Bulldog. Um, Eagles look good, but remember, last year the Eagles lost their first game of the season at home to these very same Washington Commanders. Jason Who's winning? Uh, it's hard. It's hard to bear against that Philly team, man. Um, yeah, at home, give me, give me Philly. Uh, not really impressed with Jalen Hurts. Uh, pretty sure he has three touchdowns to three picks so far. 
I mean, with that O line, I mean, I, that's I think that's ridiculous. Come on, like that QB sneak may be the most unstoppable play in football right now. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, uh, I'm a huge Devontae Smith fan. I think he's emerging as the wide receiver one for this team. Uh, AJ Brown's been kind of quiet, but he's he's still been doing his job. But Devontae Smith has been on uh, another level. I don't think there's any corner right now that could really guard him in football right now. Uh, like the way he just gets he just gets down the field like like that like, and you can't even run zone against him because he just he knows he knows how to sit he knows how to he knows the windows he knows how to um he knows how to get behind the zone very good uh obviously Heisman winner in uh, 2020 um. Uh, Commanders just got absolutely picked apart by Buffalo. Uh, they couldn't really muster up. I don't even think they were able to muster up like a buck fifty in scrimmage yards. Uh, they just they struggled, and going from Buffalo's defense to uh, Philly is not much of a difference. I mean, I expect the same thing to happen that we saw last week. I think Phillies might might win this game by about. Two to three scores. Uh, oh, wait. One point I do want to bring up. Ah, mm, I, I was going to say I, I love I love uh, Washington's pass rush, but that that Philly O-line is just it's that it's overpowering for really any pass rush. So I'm still, I'm still going to go with Philly in a pretty much a blowout. <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I was just waiting for a cue there, but um, yeah, I'm going to go with. uh, I almost said the Phillies. Um, You can tell I'm I'm keeping on baseball scores right now, but I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one. I just, I mean, they're just a way better team. Like uh, Washington, you know, credit them winning their first two games, but they were against Arizona and Denver. I mean, not exactly what you'd call contending teams. Uh, And then they play the first good team in their schedule, and they lose. What was it, thirty-seven nothing? I know it's the Bills. I know the Bills are a very good team, but I mean, you got at least. Yeah, at least try and compete, man. It wasn't even close. Um, I do like Sam Howell, you know, which is weird to say because he did throw four interceptions last week. But um, I didn't think he has potential. Uh, but he's not there yet. I think the other side, like Jason said, uh, even though Jalen Hurts has struggled, I think Jalen Hurts has not been good at all. They're still 3-0 and because their offense line is incredible. Their skills positions, like he said, the wide receivers are incredible. And their running game. DeAndre Swift is, you know, like I thought he'd be good. I didn't think he'd be this good. But he's just just been absolutely incredible. Throw in Kenneth Gainwell as well when he's healthy, and he, you know, pretty pretty solid there. And their defense, their defense is solid as well. I mean, look, you know, it has to be when they draft, you know, eighty-five million Georgia Bulldogs to put on their defense. But um, yeah, I just I, Washington's not very good. I mean, they they might get some upset wins here or there. I don't think it's going to be this one. It might be closer than people think because, like Tom did say, it is a robbery game, and Washington can sometimes play them pretty tough. But what well, Philly's just like ten times better. So overall, I'm gonna pick Philly to win this one, probably by around fourteen ish at least. So I agree with the Eagles winning, but I disagree with the multiple possession wins both of you guys projected. I think it'll be a one score game. I think Washington keeps it tough. Not saying they're a one score team away from Philly. But I think that's the way the game unfolds because NFC East games are always a crapshoot to pick. 
Uh, and, you know, these games are typically a lot closer outside of week one, of course. We won't mention that. Um, yeah, I, look, I like Philly to win here. Uh, they run the ball really, really well. They play like a 90s-style offense, uh, with the exception of Hertz's running. Uh, they have two really solid receivers, a stout offensive line. Defensively, N'Kobe Dean is, is still on IR, I think. I don't think he's back yet, but – I mean, they went out, they got Zach Cunningham to replace TJ Edwards. Uh, Bradbury and Slay on the corner is still a solid duo. I like what Reed Blankenship brings to the table, safety in the box to help them out. Yeah, give me the Eagles in this one. Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis will rip up that Washington interior offensive line. Next up, the Raiders at the Chargers. Two one and two teams. L.A. is home, desperate. For a win, they're five and a half point favorites. Noah, who wins the battle of the wild, wild west? I got the Chargers in this one. I, you know, just plain and simple, I give it, give the Chargers the big edge at quarterback. Justin Herbert versus Jimmy G. Both teams do have elite running backs. Um, I, I do think it's very unfortunate the Chargers did lose Mike Williams. He's a great deep threat, but I mean, Keenan Allen went off last week. Devontae Allen also went off. Unfortunately, he had absolutely no help, but. Um, just, I just think, you know, playing the simple is going to come down to Justin Herbert. Absolutely dominated last week. He's kind of getting into a rhythm. I just don't think the Raiders are very good for as long as I've been watching football, which is, you know, close to 15 years now. They've just been the definition of mediocrity my whole life. And, look, having Jimmy G at, at quarterback isn't going to be something that really forces me to change that opinion. So I, I think the Chargers are a better team. Um, I will say, though, the Raiders do play the Chargers tough. Um, they have beaten them quite a few times in the past few seasons. I just think, you know, I don't even want to mention the fact they're at home because absolutely no one cares that the Chargers are in L.A., but they are still a better team. So give me give me the Chargers by by a by a touchdown, I guess. I like the Chargers here. Garoppolo did not look good on Sunday night football. Chargers defense needs to improve, too, but they have promise there on the outside with corners. J.C. Jackson and Asante Samuel. Derwin James is healthy. We got Kenneth Murray at linebacker. Um, you know, their run defense needs to improve. I think that's their biggest flaw right now. But offensively, who steps up with no Mike Williams? Will it be Quinton Johnston, the first-round rookie at a TCU? I think so. Um, you know, Josh Palmer, I think I'd, actually I have a hot take. This might not be so hot to you, Noah, but I think Quinton Johnston will overtake Josh Palmer within the next three weeks as the number two receiver in this offense. Nah, I don't think that's so hot at all. I agree with you. Quinton Johnston at TCU was an absolute animal. Yeah. You agree with that too, Jay? (laughs) Yeah, I know, Noah, you saw a lot of him in the national title game, so I figured you would uh, appreciate Mm -hmm. that. But, um, yeah, Chargers. Chargers, they're still a playoff team, guys. Brandon Staley's not a good head coach. We know that. It's night and day with Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert, Herbert's play, and Brandon Staley's coaching. I think Justin Herbert's play overshadows a lot of the flaws that Staley has as a head coach. I think that's the reason why he still has a job. <laughs> uh, give me the Chargers to win this one by, yeah, I think seven to ten points is accurate. Again, divisional game Raiders might keep it tight, but the frustration for Devontae Adams continues to grow in Las Vegas. And finally, Monday Night Football, the Seahawks at the New York Giants. Giants, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Seahawks are two-and-one. Coming off wins against the Lions and the Panthers, the Giants are 1-2. and two. They beat Arizona, lost to Dallas and San Francisco. 
Giants will have 11 days rest. They are expected to get both left tackle Andrew Thomas and left guard Ben Bredesen back from injury. Saquon Barkley's status is still day-to-day. It is undetermined. Coming off that high ankle sprain, Jason, who will win on Monday Night Football? Do the Giants draw back even to 2-2? Two and two? Oh, man. It's hard. It's so hard with this team. Like, and being a fan makes it even harder because you just, that's your team. So you want to say, yeah, of course they're going to win. But I don't know, man. Uh, They didn't look too bad in the first half against San Francisco. In the first half, they didn't look bad. Then obviously, San Fran's defense just turned it up. Um, We're at home, though. I like that. I'm not going to lie. Despite what everyone's saying, I think Daniel Jones is not even – he's still being underrated. I mean, in the win against Arizona, like, there wasn't enough talk. I, don't, I think there wasn't enough talk about that. Uh, he got the ball to almost everybody on that offense. Like, he he spread the ball that game. He wasn't relying on Saquon. He got the ball to Isaiah Hodgins. He got the ball to Sterling Shepard. He got the ball to Darius Slayton. He he moved that ball. He got the ball to Jalen Hyatt. He he was he was on top of his um top on top of his game. Uh San Fran, he just had he had absolutely no help. He that pass rush was in his face. He couldn't really do much. Uh against Seattle, who has a more tame defense, I feel like um <sighs> I, I, I want to say they win by a field goal. I'm going to say the Giants get the win by a field goal. Um, I'm really worried about how DK is going to match up with um, Adoree. Because I remember in – oh, no, Adoree was on the team at that time. But, yeah, I'm, I am worried about DK Metcalf having a big game. Um, I think as far as it goes for uh, Kenneth Walker, I think – uh, I'm a, I, I like I, I like our run uh, run defense uh, against uh, the Seahawks. Um, I think our D line is superior to their O line. Uh, our linebackers too. We got Isaiah Simmons, Bobby Okereke, um X McKinney, huge in the run support. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going the Giants. Let's see. 21-18. Okay. Old boy. This is another coin toss game for me. I, I think I think with the Giants, um, as you guys kind of alluded to, I think out of the 12 quarters they played, they've had four good ones. They didn't show up at all against Dallas because, like I tried to tell you, Tom, Dallas absolutely owns the Giants. It's not even close recently. Um, I don't even say that the talk trash. I mean, it's just the, they just seem to beat you guys all the time. Um, they they were terrible in the first half against Arizona before they mounted a miraculous comeback. And then, like Jason said, I, I think they started out okay against the 49ers, but then obviously as the game went on, the, the clearly better team uh, took over. As for Seattle, really don't know what to think about Seattle because I didn't expect them to be good at all this year, so I'm kind of still on that, that mindset of thinking, was it a fluke? Are they going to eventually go on a major losing streak? 
um, kind of, you know, will Geno Cliff hit that, or Geno, Geno, will Geno Smith hit the cliff, if you will, after that remarkable, you know, career, you know, comeback player of the year uh, season he had last season. Uh, but the Seahawks offense has been really good. What I think has been terrible for the Seahawks, their defense is atrocious. Like 30 in the three games they played, 30 points against the Rams, 31 against the Lions, which they had the win in OT, and then 27 against the Panthers. These guys cannot stop anybody at all. Uh, yes, I understand the Giants' offense hasn't been good, and, and Barkley did get injured. But um, I think at home, it's a complete toss-up game, but I, I guess I'll just give it to the Giants by by four or something like that. All right, so you have two for the Giants. For me, yeah, it's been really tough to watch this team. Uh the last three weeks, they have not looked good in any of the three games, even the one that they won. For obvious uh, previously stated reasons from both of you, the Giants are a team that looks to get two starters back on the offensive line. And I think, Jason, as a Giants fan, you'd agree, as good as Saquon is, having Andrew Thomas back is more important right now than having Saquon mm-hmm. back. Our, our, uh, Saquon being a guy with, like, mm-hmm. has um, – uh, what's called uh, injury prone. I mean, I'll, I'll prefer him to take his time. Uh, let Breida step up. Just get, get the get the foundation back first. Get that O line yep. back. Get Jones the help he needs. And yeah, I agree with you. And we saw what Daniel Jones is doing. Uh, when he's given time, he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, when you give him time, again, that's not often. So I'm really interested to see how rookie John Michael Spitz does against that Seattle front. Um, Can Demarcus Walker get past Evan Neal? Evan Neal is my biggest concern in this game because Marcus McKeithen will likely start at right guard. He, I mean, he's not, no one can be as bad as Mark Lewinsky right now on this Giants offensive line. Um, Man, You know, I wanted him to succeed too, but he sucks. Anyway, uh, the Giants have the fifth best pass rush win rate in the league through the first three weeks. However, they only have two sacks to show for it throughout the entire season. One from Kayvon at half a sack for Leonard Williams, half a sack for DJ Davidson. Noah mentioned the – I think one of you guys mentioned the Seahawks offensive line is not very good. Might have been you, Jason, actually. Uh, yeah, it's not good at all. Their offensive line is not good. Their defensive line is not good. The Seahawks have good edge rushers in um, Nuosu and Daryl Taylor, two guys who fly extremely under the radar that no one talks about. But another thing, too, expect Jalen Hyatt to get the ball often in this game. He did not see the field much at all last week, but the Seahawks have a terrible um, safety unit. And that includes former Giant Julian Love. Little fun fact about Giants fans. If you're down about the Giants defense, we'll get this. And this is why Joe Shane is a genius. Remember, Julian Love wanted $6 million a year from the Giants. Julian Love has allowed a league-leading 292 yards in coverage <laughs> over the first three weeks. That is 42 more yards than any other, other defender in the NFL. Jason Pinnock, who's making 800000 right now, um, has allowed just 90 yards. And a 75 passer rating. So the Giants saved six million to start Pinnock over Love, and the production is better. Genius GM move once again. Uh, Giants at home, yeah, they can't lose the first two at home. Not happening. I think the Giants win by a field goal. I, I won't go as 
far as no one say four. I, I think it is a field goal type of game. Remember, the Giants lost to Seattle last year. They were six and one. Game before the bye, they lose to the Seahawks on the road, twenty-seven to thirteen. Uh, that game is closer than the score shows. I have the Giants winning and improving to two and two. This Giants team is better than what they've put out on the field the first three weeks. Um, if they do lose this game, though, I'll be very concerned um, because Miami and Buffalo are next in the next two weeks on Big Blue schedule. So that'll wrap up our shots and well, I almost said shots and chasers. That is uh, Brian's phrase. Um, that wraps up our week four games of the week. Finally, a lock and upset for each of you. Um, I'll go first with my lock. Despite the way the Cardinals have played, I have the 49ers as my lock of the week. They're the most impressive team in the NFC. Brock Purdy's looked good. Uh, again, he didn't look great against the Giants in the first half, but he looks comfortable. And uh, McCaffrey, best running back in the league through three weeks. Most rushing yards. He's been phenomenal. Debo's looking solid. No Ayuk, no problem. Frisco's defense, do we even have to say anything about them? I don't see Josh Dobbs being able to pick apart a San Francisco 49ers defense. Niners are my lock of the week. Noah? You stole mine because I had the exact same thing. I think, you know, like you said, San Fran, clear consensus top two team in the NFC right there with the Eagles. And, and Arizona, look, I know they beat the Cowboys, but Honestly, I think that result might say more about the Cowboys than it does about the Cardinals because, yes, I think the Cardinals have been better than people thought they were. I thought people thought, you know, including me, I think I said at one point, they're probably going to be the worst team in the league this year because of how bad the roster is, the injuries that they have, guys, you know, missing time. But uh, I just – San Fran's just so much better. Like, I don't even know if it will be close. Um, I was impressed by Josh Dobbs last week. He did really well against the Cowboys, but – you know, this is a guy that's been a career backup for most of his career. So how point is how how long is he going to keep that up, especially against a, a team as stacked as San Fran? Uh, I I do think San Fran will win this game probably by fourteen or so, maybe. Okay, Jason, your lock of the week. Uh, give me the Saints. I mean. I know this people may not agree because that game might be one of the closest games out of all the games, but um, I don't know. Something just tells me like Mike Evans is going to have a hard time, like trying to stay like not ejected from the game. Uh, I just feel like something like I remember this one game a few years back. I think the Saints shut out the Buccaneers like, just it was just a defensive ragdoll performance, and since then their defense has only upgraded. So, uh, yeah, I, I got the Saints uh, beating the Bucks, and that's like for sure. Okay, uh, upset. We'll go in reverse order here. So Jason, Noah, and then myself. So Jason, you're right back in the hot seat now. You're upset of the week. <laughs> Mm, upset. This is tough. You cannot, um, pick, you, you cannot pick Taylor Swift, by the way. I can't pick Taylor Swift. It's funny because I was actually about to say something about the Chiefs, but I'm not going to go there. 
Uh, <laughs> upset of the week. Give me. Yeah, give me give me the Lions. I mean, I don't know if it's much of an upset because they're the favorites, but it's the Packers at home. So I'm gonna take the Lions over the Packers. Hutchinson, as you mentioned, that left side of the old line is gonna be inexperienced. Aaron Jones, uncertain. Christian Watson, uncertain. Uh that there's yeah, there's just Jordan Love doesn't have enough talent to beat that team, I think. But they're at home and he has he has looked good against like most secondaries and Detroit secondary isn't the strongest, but I I think that I think they still uh get it done on the road. Noah. I got a good one for this one. I'm going with a team with a rookie quarterback who has completed 64% of his passes, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 906 passing yards, so over 300 per game, and 98 quarterback rating. He's done way better than I thought he would. He also has found a really good number one target in Nathaniel Tank Dell. I'm going to Houston Texans to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh has looked okay, but I've seen nothing that uh, makes me think they're a terrific team by any means. And, you know, C.J. Stroud has been pretty good, and they are coming off an incredibly impressive win against the Jags. They also play the Steelers at home. Um, so I'll go with the Texans as my upset. Wow. I like that pick. Also, throw Nico Collins in there. It's kind of like a one and one a type of situation. <laughs> I love Nico Collins. Um, obviously, Tank Dell, awesome name. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Damn. Um, I can't one-up that. I'm taking the Dolphins over the Bills. Um, clear upset of the week for me. You know, 3-0 and team, underdogs, interesting to see, right? Uh, but like I said before, I think Miami will – Escape Buffalo with a victory. So, final segment of the evening for the show. It's my favorite segment. We're going to have some fun, boys. The Immaculate Grid is back. Um, going to share my screen up here. We will work on this together. Um, this is obviously one of my favorite games now daily folks for those of you who are new to it every day at 9 a.m um new things come out new teams basically what this is you have nine squares here to fill you have to fill these accordingly so for this box for an example you need a player who played with the eagles and the bucks to match so are we going for together. are we going for the popular answer or are we going for like a deep like pull I think you have so, to get a better score if you choose like a rarer player. Yeah, right. we can try big, for the yeah. rarer players, but if we're stumped, we can always default to the obvious answer. Are we just gonna rotate, go one at a time? Um, I mean, we could all work through this together. I mean, I mean, because we somebody might know mm-hmm. uh, an answer that somebody doesn't. Uh, well, I, th- I think the the one thousand yard rushing season ones are the easiest for sure. Um, right. So. I mean, with the Dolphins, uh, I'm thinking if we go back, probably like Ricky Williams or Ronnie Brown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Ronnie Brown had one. I'd say Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams for sure. So we'll go with that. Make sure I pick the right one. Four Seahawks three. is easy. Sean Alexander. Sean Ale- mm. And more beast mode. Uh, yeah. Sean Alexander. Yeah. That's, that's the deeper um 
that's a deeper pull for sure. There you go. Perfect. The Eagles, there's there's two main guys I think of, but uh, Shady McCoy. Yep, that's. Right. I was thinking Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook. Yep. Or Deuce Daly, but I feel like I'm not sure if that was with Pittsburgh or not. I don't know if it matters, but we'll go Westbrook, twenty-seven percent. I got one for the Eagles and Texans. Uh, it's the current head coach of the Texans, actually. Good old D'Amico Ryan's. Look at that. That's a good pull. Mm. Mm. I got oh, Texans I got one. Dolphins. I got one way out of left field. Steve Slayton. For who? For the uh, Texans Dolphins. I'm pretty sure he okay, played. For I was the, gonna uh, go. I was gonna go Tunsil, but this is probably more. Oh my God! That's holy <laughs> shit, dude. Zero point six. That, hey, the only reason I know that is because I played about five hundred hours of Madden twelve over the past decade. All right, there you go. There you go. All right, so we're 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 over halfway home, boys. There's a really easy one for the Bucks Dolphins. He played for about half the league. Big Amish looking guy went to Harvard. Fitzpatrick. Yep. There's one for you. Hmm. Josh McCown. For which one? The Bucks and Eagles? I think so. The Josh could also do a <coughs> Josh McCown. You could also do a LeGarrette Blount. Mm. He was think one of the ones who won the Super Bowl. I think Blunt will be more on uncommon. Potentially. We'll he on. might be. Oh. Yeah, 9%. That's yep. pretty good. Okay. We'll have to look and see what the most common ones are. Uh, I think Richard Sherman is too obvious for Seahawks books. Right. <clears throat> Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett. The defensive end. Yeah. He started with the Bucks, then he went to the Seahawks, I think. Oh, 09 to 19? Yeah, that sounds right. Let's hope we pick the right one. <laughs> three of them. Oh, man. I think that's him. Okay. There you go. That's there we him. go. Texans <laughs> Seahawks. This is a tough one. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, this is a tough one. I'm trying to think tight ends. I don't know why. See, I I think I got one, but I want to see what you guys come up with first. I don't know if Justin Forsett played for the Texans. I was thinking Justin Forsett because he was uh, he was is the that, backup. Is, to, is that, yeah, that's who I was thinking of because he's the he was the backup to Julius Jones for a few years, and then he went to the uh, I think he went to Texans a little bit. Then he went to the Ravens. I'm pretty sure he so, played for the Texans. I think the obvious choice here is Jadavion Clowney, hmm. but hmm. yeah, I, I think four set would be a good answer. Unless you can think of the, anything else that would be even rarer. Hmm. I'd have to think on that. I'm trying to think of like, uh, DBs for some reason. Carlos uh, running back. 
Hey, oh fuck! Yeah, so, so, someone just came to my mind. This is embarrassing. Remember Brian Russell Noah from like Madden '08, the safety for the Seahawks. Very, very vaguely, yeah. Yeah, I think he played for the Texans too. Dude, that's gonna be like zero point one percent. Do we want to roll the dice with that, guys, or do we want to try for four set? You I, could try, and if it's wrong, we just blame it on you. What do you think, Jason? I say go for Brian Russell. Brian Russell. It's gonna be like if it's an answer, it's gonna be like zero point one percent probably. Oh, zero point zero six percent. Oh my 0. god, zero seven. That's a good Yo. one, dude. That's nuts. That's even better than Steve Slayton. Jeez. Oh, I only knew that because um, I think he played for Cal. He was a teammate of Aaron Rodgers in college. Mm-hmm. So I remember watching a couple of college games of Rodgers in college, not to give away my age, but I'm old. Mm. So there, mm. there you go. So we got to score 217, 219. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, you can show the summary. I think it shows your score again. 219. Yeah, and then it shows the you the most. Common. The uh, It shows you how many players were eligible, but below that it shows most common. Sean Jackson, Jackson. that's a good one. Sherman, Fitzpatrick, Clowney, Tunsil, McCoy. For the books, I didn't even know that. So we got three of the most common answers with Ryan's, Fitzpatrick, and Ricky Williams. Could have, like, gone really out of the box on some of these. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, some random 1,000-yard rusher for the Eagles. Uh I feel like Mike. Deuce Staley has to be there. I'm, I'm curious because there's only nine answers. He's here. There he is. 2002, 1999, 1998. Wow. And that was like before McNabb was there. I don't think Julius Jones ever had 1,000 yards for the Seahawks, but I could be wrong. Could be wrong. It was, it was basically see. between Sean Alexander were, and Lynch. Were there any other few answers here? Well, there are only seven for this. So, once again, Let's see here. See the things. Kenneth Walk. Oh, yeah. Chris he's, Carson. He's not there. Ricky Waters. I would have never guessed him. Yeah. I only know him as a 49er. Yo, you know what's crazy? We could have went Jason Garrett. For um, Buccaneers and Dolphins. Oh yeah, <laughs> could have had multiple head coaches on the list. Could have went Jason Garrett for Giants Cowboys too. Good old Jason Garrett. Fun fact: um, there's an NFL coach that is a former Giant. Take a little look at this here. Oh, here we go. Where's the epic? I'm looking for the epic um, Dan Campbell Giants. Oh. Looking for the picture of. I'm probably not going to find it right now, but there he is as a giant. I mean, look at this flow he had back then. (laughs) Look at him. You know what's funny? His face looks exactly the same. His hair is just different, but everything else looks identical. I'm looking for the picture of the two of them together. I think it's under here somewhere. 
I can find it. Yeah, once you take up the coaching job, that's that's all that pops up. Yeah. Here it is. This is the one I was looking for. Look at them, the two of them together. <laughs> is that Ron Dane? Yeah, Ron No Gain Dane out of Wisconsin. <laughs> he was supposed to be like the next Rodney Hampton. <laughs> it was an epic bust in the NFL. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That's a that's a blast from the past for you. Absolutely. But uh before we go, folks, um just want to thank you both for joining me tonight. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, Jason, want you to plug yourself where people can find you, and then Noah, you can do the same as well. Uh, I can find me on Instagram, uh, Shifty. That's my nickname, Shifty with two Y's, uh, underscore on Instagram, or pretty much any platform, uh, Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't really use Facebook. Fun fact I only had Facebook. To watch review and preview every Thursday. That's dedication right there. Look at that. No. Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm a member of Review and Preview. I do uh, Puckin' Around, which is the hockey show, uh, every Wednesday night at uh, 7. Took a few months off, but we're going to be doing our, our season debut next Wednesday, so October 4th doing our NHL regular season predictions. And then my original podcast. Oh, by the way, uh, I do puck around with my uh, good buddy, Garth, Garth Charger Patrick, or uh, Garth Michael Patrick is his real name. And I also do a podcast with Garth over on the, uh, I almost said the Sweet Tea Network, Sports Box Network, uh, the Sweet Tea Show, where we do our college football show. So um, obviously I'm a Georgia fan. He is a Florida fan. So uh, our shows get very interesting. We're also going to the uh, Georgia-Florida game in about a month with the good old Tom here. So that'll be a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, uh, fun show. Good to good to talk to Tom. Good to meet Jason as well. Always fun talking football with with the uh, with the fellas. Um, go Falcons! Uh, hopefully, pull the upset. Um, we'll see what happens. And, and Georgia, please, for the love of God, realize that it's a four quarter game and stop taking the first halves of these games off, man. Absolutely, Jason Noah. Thank you both so much. And folks, if for some reason. You like to watch my content as well here on Review and Preview Sports. There's all of our social media platforms. You can also find me at Big Blue Avenue, a sub show of Review and Preview Sports, airing on Wednesday nights following Pucking Around with myself and Sam Cardona, the girl who talks sports. Get all your New York Giants news there. And also on the From the Stands sports show with Brian McArdle and Andy Hopper, just three dudes from three different parts of the country talking college football. If you like your game day shows, make sure to check us out there. We give the hot, spicy takes. Um, I'm mad at both of them for picking Notre Dame with me, by the way. That never works. But anyway, on behalf of Jason Edmondson, Noah Dog Dibler, my name is Tom Scavetta, wishing you so long. You've been watching Review Preview here on Facebook and YouTube. Have a good night, everybody.